0: It's Monday, February 1st, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning, Stacey Abrams and the Black Lives Matter movement were both nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Considering all the police violence it took to get anyone talking about racial justice, Maybe they should win the Nobel Prize for irony instead. While we're on the topic, Jared Kushner was also nominated for the Peace Prize for his work on Middle East relations. Sure, he is a peace, but I'm really not certain it's something he should get a prize for. The White House announced today that it is carefully monitoring the recent coup in Myanmar, which is confusing for anyone who thought Myanmar was a Brazilian soccer player. House Democrats filed a resolution to strip, you name it, she denied a QAnon Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments, which is ironic since stripping might be Greene's only future career move at this point. A massive blizzard pummeling the upper portion of the East Coast with up to two feet of snow threatened to postpone talks between President Biden and Senate Republicans over the COVID stimulus. But much like the last white D.C. storm, politicians were still able to get it done. According to CNN, many of the rioters who attacked Congress on January 6th believe the presidential election was stolen, but also didn't vote in November's election. Wow, that, it doesn't get much more American than that, does it? On Saturday, all five of the former president's lead impeachment attorneys either quit or got fired, depending on who you ask. Within minutes, Trump was overheard on the phone saying, what do you mean Barnes is dead? Then get me Salino. Netflix is finalizing a deal to create a film based on the GameStop stock fight between hedge fund and Reddit investors. Depending on the screenplay, this could be a pretty good move. But for now, I wouldn't put any stock in it. But hey, don't sell it short. Alright, not our best jokes. Viewers of the new hit Disney Plus show, WandaVision, are complaining about being confused by the most recent episode of the show. Some aren't sure what direction the show is taking, while others are still wondering when Wanda Sykes is going to show up. Machine Gun Kelly fell off the Saturday Night Live stage during the ending credits after he served as the musical guest. This is different from SNL's viewership, which fell off as soon as Trump left office. Before I throw it to the TMI Daily crew, I just want to pass along condolences for the loss of Saved by the Bell star Dustin Diamond. Although his last few years were troubled, Dustin is still a part of the lives of so many people who grew up in the 90s and those who have become fans of the show since. For that we say, thank you, Screech. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all new week of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family and the TMI Daily crew. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with you, Pete.
2: So earlier today, I, I tried to find Myanmar on a map, but I couldn't do it. Just wanted to let you know. Okay. I'm not, I'm not okay. proud of it.
1: <laughs> Elizabeth?
3: Uh, I have a question for the crew. Uh, Because I do curbside pickup for groceries, I have a gajillion plastic bags uh, left over. What do I do with them all? I only have two tiny trash cans in my apartment that I can use them for garbage bags. There's got to be a recycling or some other option. If anybody knows, either on the panel or out in the listening audience, let me know. Well, I put my recycling in it because the bags are also recyclable. They
4: are. Then they're ready to go down to the recycle bin. So sometimes it's a one a day trip. Sometimes it's a one Mm -hmm. every other day trip. But any all my recycle stuff, I put into those plastic bags, and then this way they get to be recycled along with the recycling.
5: And most grocery stores have, um, like a trash can, but a container where you can put used bags in that they then recycle.
6: This is why I turned to the people on the show. You can just do like any black family in the world and just keep them under your sink. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I mean,
3: know. I have that <laughs> <the> situation <laughs> like, as it stands. That's much what,
6: we, that's what yeah. I've been taught to do with them.
3: <laughs> that's what I used to do. I'm looking to that too, Chris.
6: Right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're basically the same. I mean, it's the sure it's, it's, like, like like
4: cabinet, off, it's cabinet like,
2: under the packet drawer, right? Or, or you, could do, <laughs> you could do what we do is just leave them outside in our backyard till they blow away.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> the reason why we have them in the backyard is because I lysol them. Before I bring them uh, to the house. And
2: then they blow <laughs> away.
1: And then I leave them out there, and then I forget to pick them up. But we use them like. And then they
2: out. blow away. Oh, a a
6: Could you not you be another dog. white guy trying to destroy the earth, please? Could you,
2: that me? The one who puts them outside, me. not me.
1: No, no, no. It's just after I saw them, I just need them to, you know, to kind of air out. But we also have three dogs. So they are very useful to us for. Like, yeah. Also, they
4: way. also, the Flintstones like to use them to carry their rock bowling balls with. So, I mean, that's another thing you can do with it. <laughs> Joe. Hi, everyone listening on Google Podcasts. It's a happy February. And, um, you know, uh, we mentioned it early in the beginning about Dustin Diamond. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that he passed away because we're only a few days away from uh, National Cancer Day. And cancer's a bitch.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Cam.
5: Hi. I'm Cameron, and uh, I'm not too proud to point out that uh, Peter doesn't can't find Myanmar because his map is actually still fairly Western-centric and racist, and says it's Burma. Okay.
2: Hey,
1: Chris.
5: Hey, what's up, everybody?
6: Happy February first, aka first day of Black History Month, gang gang. Oh
2: well, yeah, happy
4: happy uh, up, uh, Black Chris. History happy Month, Chris. Happy
1: Black History Month. To happy you, Black
4: History the- Month from someone who has an everyday history <laughs> doesn't need a month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually, going to wish you a, a happy Black, you know, History Month to you, but I, you know, the whole dust and diamond thing kind of threw us off. So I
6: mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay. White people taking over our holidays again. It's fine. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Chris, feel free for the next twenty-eight days to use my white male privilege. <laughs> it is yours for the month. Do with it what you will. I'm about to rob a bank. <laughs> it's surprisingly easy.
2: You'll get away with it. Yeah.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Just use okay. a note. <laughs> This, all you gotta do is go like this. Who me? We're already wearing masks oh. like
5: we're gonna rob a See train. See that, Chris? See and that, Chris? Walk away. Bi-
4: Biden, Biden's president, and it's back to twenty-eight days in your in history month. Last year, when Trump was there, he gave you an extra day.
7: <laughs> I
6: forgot. That's another thing that he did for the black community. That's right. It.
3: Yeah.
7: <laughs> he But did you world use
3: world it to lift up yourself world. up?
6: <laughs> right. It is get up.
4: It is National Get Up Day today. So I, you if know, you're, that's down, if did, you're down and whole, out, it is National Get Update today. That is a true national The whole, day. whole so get on, up on
6: the 29th day, that's what get I up. did. Yeah. I, I laced my bootstraps up. That's what I did every 29th yeah. day.
1: <laughs> okay, well, this month we celebrate you, Chris. <laughs> so later, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Enough Wicker. And like I said on Friday, it's mm-hmm. not a furniture podcast. It's a Golden Girls podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Okay, so let's get started with tonight's show. Today, after Dustin Diamond died after a short battle with stage four lung cancer, he's best known for playing the beloved character Screech for 13 years. First on Good Morning, Miss Bliss, then Saved by the Bell, and finally on Saved by the Bell, the new class. Since he grew up on screen around the time many of us were growing up, we thought that tonight we might spend some time discussing the impact someone like him had on our younger years. And what it's like to see someone you grew up with pass away. So firstly, did anyone here not watch Saved by the Bell? Chris, okay.
6: Yeah.
1: Okay. I only
6: I'll Chris. Look, sorry, I you know, that was one of those shows where I, remi- like, I remember I remember I've probably seen a total of like 14 episodes and mm-hmm. only because like when it was in syndication it used to come on in the morning so I used to watch an episode or something mm-hmm. like that before school but like it doesn't impact me as much also it's kind of hard because like I thought it was another hoax again because I don't know if y'all remember but like five or so years ago or maybe even longer than that I think it was like when I was still in text like 20 20- Fourteen, twenty thirteen, 2013, like, there was a big rumor that he had gotten stabbed in prison and
5: died.
3: Oh, so, yeah. Wow. He stab stabbed him in a
5: bar and went to jail for three months.
3: Yeah. Um, right. The one, he died but, at, at some but, point before. Yeah, it was, there was, like, a fake thing. Yeah, I, like, I watched the show, but it's, um, full disclosure, like, not my personal, like, yeah identifier. grow mm-hmm.
1: up show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I was thinking about that today. And then I I figured out like the years that it was on and I was, it started when I was 12 years old and then it ended when I was 16, the first one Mm -hmm. by the bell. So to me, I was like, that was like my, you know, the age where I did that show, you know, we, my friends and I were obsessed with, you know, Mark Paul Gossler, you know, with Zach and, Mm -hmm. and everything. And I was talking to a friend of mine who had just come from Mexico during that time And he sent me a text this morning and he says, hey, did you see, you know, Dustin Diamond died? And I asked him, I said, isn't that around the time that you, you know, you came to this country? He says, yes. He goes, I remember putting it on and I had no idea what they were saying because I didn't speak the language yet. But I watched it anyway because that was the show to watch. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very interesting, you know, hearing from someone that, you know, was an American, but still watched the show and you know it was just it was an iconic show and it but I do think it has a lot to do with how old you are mm-hmm. when a show is on so for yeah. me yeah. I definitely like that that was one of my favorite shows during that time um Pete
2: well you know going to that uh thought I was 19 when when uh yeah,
1: when Pete, that show started. So- nine
2: years older than me <laughs> So, I, so technically I was in the TNBC um, <laughs> demo for one year um, mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things like I think I used to wake up on Saturday morning around 10 o'clock and it just happened to be on. Um, and so I'd watch it. But the, the reality of it is you know, I was kind of thinking about this earlier today. Um, the character that he played. Was for all intents and purposes the butt of most of the jokes, and I'm wondering if that kind of character, you know, still yeah. still you know resonates now. I mean, I know they still do the same kind of characters on Disney, on the Disney Channel, but I mean, does it have a different kind of like connotation now because of like all the uh, the the, the uh, initiatives to get stop bullying in schools and and uh, you know and to treat. Kids with with this. I mean, listen. By the time that show ended, when he was on the uh, the the Saved by the Bell new class, he was clearly mentally disabled because they they said at some point, you know what, you you know, I go ignore what Tropic Thunder says, go full retard because because by the end of the show, he's just some babbling idiot that they used to put on there, and it's terrible because. (laughs) I think that's probably what completely destroyed his career because he was just, I mean, I don't know what they were making him do, but if, if you watch, it's so funny. Cause I, I went back to do it today, just to kind of look, he came back. He wasn't on the first year of that, uh, that saved by, by the bell new class. He came back the second season and he, he was, he had a fairly normal uh, speaking voice and, and was zany, but he wasn't crazy by the last season. He's literally, literally a blithering idiot. And and so they just kept kept amping him up to be to be stupider, and I'm sure that kind of played into like some of the problems he had later on. But yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's weird to see somebody that you kind of saw grow up die before you do, or die like while you're still fairly young.
1: Let me ask a question before I get to everybody else. Um, the ones that are writers, you know, on the panel, well, um, all of you. Um, since I'm not a writer, and I, I don't understand this. Do you think? They wrote this character when the show started and then as the show evolved, they didn't know what to do with him. So they just kept him like you just said, Pete, they just kind of kept him like the butt of the jokes and there was nothing else that they could do with this character.
2: Well, yeah, know, all, all those shows, I mean, they all follow the same the same yeah. stereotype. And, and I think yeah. that that's one of those shows that probably was an archetype of, of that. You know, you had mm-hmm. to have the jock. You had to have the the pretty boy. You had to have the good looking girl and, and then the, also, smart one, yeah. you know, the smart one. And then you had to have the nerdy kid. Mm-hmm. And and the difference between him being the nerdy kid and then and then what he became later on was you, you can't have by the time mm-hmm. that show ended. In two thousand one, he was pro- he was a nerd he was an adult, and the nerdy thing wasn't going to play as an adult. So now we just have to have him have something mentally wrong with him um, by the end of it, and it's, it's just really kind of sad. But you know, he allowed it to happen, so I guess it's you know it is what it is.
1: Saved by the bill the new class. Ended in two thousand one, you said
2: two thousand uh, the uh, two thousand. Sorry, not two thousand. Oh, I
1: thought I was going to say I was like, oh my gosh, I was already in college. So okay, yeah. I for some reason I thought I was younger. Um, Joe, and then I'll go to Cam, and then Elizabeth. Go ahead,
4: Joe. I'm kind of in the same boat with Pete. I think I was 17 when when Miss Bliss started, and I was I was more along the lines. Of, oh well, look, Haley Mills has got a TV show. Um, but like like I think the big thing with Screech, because since we're talking about it, is yeah, he was written like they they kind of did all the architect. They went to like Breakfast Club and said, oh well, what do we need? We need like a, a weirdo and a nerd and a jock and all the stuff like that and all you know and and Zach was like he was also doing all these schemes and all that. But as it went along uh you could see what and the problem is that they went right through this whole period where nerds all of a sudden weren't like these guys you picked on anymore now all of a sudden nerds were cool and different and people identified with them and i think that's where like the lisa turtle uh, character became she was smart but then she was still kind of cool and like that's the one i identified with and left kind of screeched, like left hanging out to dry so that by the time 2000 came you know, it was cool to be a nerd, but he was like this weirdo. So they they didn't know what to, they really didn't know what to do with him. I think, you know, uh, it's it's kind of a problem. But also, you know, Dustin himself had issues too. I mean, wasn't there that video with like the poop on the mustache thing? And yeah, he, all he, did, that? And then, he
2: released his own sex tape.
4: Yeah, he released um, his own, which sex he tape said and, later was a
3: hoax thing. He yeah, pulled. still.
4: I mean, the whole thing like like he wasn't the, weird. like. You know, and
1: then there was the whole stabbing thing, and he went to jail and things like that and all. And... He wrote the book where he, like, pretty much, you know, trashed everyone and everybody was, you know, all the time right. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying because everybody,
4: everybody, almost everyone in that show had, had problems moving on. I mean, you could say Mary Lopez didn't because he ended up getting a, a really... He's still doing extra, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Paul Gossler tried to become like the serious kind of actor. But he cop went, he thing. went straight to NYPD
5: Blue, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he he went to that, but like blue. a lot
4: of other people had really? trouble with it. Like, we mm-hmm. want to start discussing showgirls and things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> He's,
3: he also has said, uh, uh, like, I think is in the book and just in general, um, he was in some cases, I think, a bit younger than. Yeah, yeah, he was the youngest group, cast
5: member.
3: He was the youngest cast member, and like I just looked at Mark Paul Gossler's age. It's only a two-year difference, but when you're that young, it's a, like two years is a huge difference from what you know. What, let's say he's fourteen when the show starts to being sixteen. Huge difference at that age. So he was kind of excluded. Uh, he said as much. So yeah, but I'll. What, what's Cameron Mark? What's Mark Paul doing now? He's on right. Mixed Dish. He's he's what the yeah. the a the show God. called Mixed Dish and the New Stick by the Bell. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: okay.
5: He's doing Go fine. On. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly. I mean, as far as I mean, you, you could pinpoint Screech going back all the way to Committee Larte. days. He's, he's an Arlequino type with Lisa Turtlebean as Isabella. Although you can never really conceivably give Screech actual romantic love because nobody really wanted to see that. I think also, say about at least at the t- looking back on it, it seems very hackneyed. Even at the time, it was very contrived, but um, certainly they exaggerated the group. The, the, the the classes, the culture, and there. So, yeah, there are jocks, nerds, but that's core group had one from everybody. And, you know, Screech may have been a nerd, but he's our nerd, which is something I guess makes it okay to differentiate people that way, at least made it possible. Also, remember that um, they always had very special episodes, but pretty much centered around whoever Zach Morris wanted to fuck that week. So, he saw an attractive homeless girl, it was like, oh, let's let's talk about homelessness. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, the girl wants to play sports, but I kind of want to fuck her. So, yeah, let's get her on the wrestling team. Uh, Pretty much like that, Zach Morris. I think that's what the writers' meetings were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> you
1: know, that's a very good observation. Yeah.
8: So,
5: mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, it, yeah, obviously he had, you know, it developed because you get pigeonholed into that and it's just Screech, whether you're, you're Michael Richards being Kramer, you know, when it, you can find great success as the oh. clown... And then you're forever somebody's clown, no matter what your background might have been beforehand. Um, and he didn't do himself any favors, too, whether it was Celebrity Fit Club or any any celebrity mm-hmm. show he be being on. He would start, well, you want to fight. you want to prove he knows karate. Kept, I think I, I still remember many more than once telling somebody he could front kick them and kill them. And I was like, really, really, Screech? Really? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think somebody actually challenged him to do that. And he got no. kicked off the show. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But, yeah. Elizabeth?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, he obviously struggled with the uh you know the being pigeonholed and, and uh, to prove he's tougher than his geeky character, and it certainly doesn't, uh, it's, uh, to answer also your writer question, I noticed this with, you know, Family Matters and stuff, too. You have the geeky kid, then they actually hit puberty and grow, and suddenly you have a six-foot man, and it's not, it does not play the same, and so they had to, like, on least, Family...
5: No, Family Matters let him at least be um,
3: Stefan. Uh... that. yeah, so they let him do that, but they didn't do the same. Right, right. Correct, they didn't let him, he
6: he asked for that because he oh. developed the character and was like, fuck this. I'm not going to be the nerdy kid for the rest of my life. And i would yeah. have to be here after the show. So he made me do that.
3: And he had enough clout though, because he was the breakout on family matters. I don't think Dustin diamond had the same clout on saved by the bell to say, well, I want screech to do X, Y, and Z. got um, to be fairly normal again in the college years though, too. Yeah. But, um, and then as far as like the, the new class thing, that, you know, that's clearly just everybody grasping at straws. He didn't come I didn't know he didn't come on till the second season. That's that's like, oh we gotta get a character people recognize back. And yeah, there there's a, a million examples of shows where they send a character from like a logical ish starting point to like the utmost extreme. Um, I think it's called flanderization, uh, in the like T V trips world. Uh but yeah. Uh yeah, but
2: they, it's they, it sucks. They <laughs> it's, 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 with him, though, I mean, like, what's well, gonna joke and a yummy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, in, I, in, in real life, if he'd been like that, they would have put him on Thorazine. Because I mean, like, like, because there was no way his cat, like, they didn't just run out of things to do with him. They they just decided we're just gonna like destroy this this person's. <laughs> Uh, future because we're just going to make him come out and just like basically lather at the mouth and say the most the name just I, I mean look i know it was a show for kids but like even like slow adults would not have would, would have said this guy's fucked not up.
1: Necessarily though for kids like i said i mean it was mostly by like, 15 15 year olds but, I'm sad, but, it,
2: but, but <laughs> they just they just like they took they took what was you know, like just the nerdy character and they just they just destroyed him and, and that and that probably played a big role in in why he couldn't get work afterwards. I mean yeah. Yeah. you know
4: Did did anyone did questions. anyone have clout in that show, Elizabeth? No one oh, has clout okay. in that show. No one's like, uh, dude, this my character, I'm leaving. They're like well, okay. I
1: think you could argue Mark Paul like, Gossler did. not mess the trailer did. up as Mark you're cleaning Gosselin. it out. No, I think Mark
3: Paul Goss- Gossler as the lead and the, the one yeah. everybody liked. Um, I don't... Maybe Tiffany Amber Thiessen? No. no. They,
2: they they actually let but, her go. Oh, that's right. They, they let her go. They so let her, her go. Yeah, they had
5: Tori for a, a year. That's right, yeah, that's
2: so right. They, it really oh, just, yeah. Cause... Or, him and, and mario lopez uh, right? yeah i'd say the
3: yeah i, 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 d-
4: look I look, doubt it though wait, i still like, think that
3: like clout in their relative sense because <laughs> family matters lasted a much longer period of time than <laughs> saved by the bell ever did in their original runs wait, so, but which leads to the current a iteration because this is
5: why I, he didn't have clout. Because I was reading that he didn't appear in the in the new Peacock show. He does not. Show correct. because because he said oh because they because of they wouldn't pay him enough. He would mm-hmm. show up to the opening of an Albertsons Screech for fifty dollars. Yeah, bucks. no, they they didn't want him back.
2: Want him? They didn't want him
5: back. too many uh, problems. It, uh, Tiffany Amber Theson showed
4: up for the opening of a Bolero in uh, Thousand Oaks a couple years ago. So hey. <laughs>
1: Hey, Joe, but she but she wouldn't host
4: TMI. Wouldn't host TMI, but that same week she opened the Bolero. That's right. <laughs> so you know, maybe she really likes bowling. I don't know. Maybe
1: she doesn't like sketch comedy, but she loves
6: bowling. Balling.
1: I want to hear from Chris. Chris, go ahead. Sorry.
6: Uh, no, to 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 go with what uh, what I think Elizabeth has made a great point. Like, yeah, I don't think it was weird because the only person on that show that you could probably consider the hat cloud was probably mark paul Gossler because of he was the, the lead and that's that's only the why because like it's different between you look at a character like urkel and uh, any character on that show because urkel was a sensation like when he mm-hmm. came onto the show like he literally was the the driving force that kept the show going like the ratings was kind of what kept say by the bell going for what it was like nobody was really a sensation uh, and and coming off of that and like <laughs> You know, it, it, so it's it's kind of different. So that's why there is more clout there. But I was going to say for anybody who did watch the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you want to have your world kind of turned upside down, uh, look up Zach Morris' trash on... Yeah, on, yeah. On, yeah. it's great. On Cody cool. or Die, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's everything you need to know about that character because, like, you know, we're talking about it right now about how, like, if, a, you know, Screech and things like, these kind of characters can, can, you know, live in a world of today. And mm-hmm. when you watch that show, you kind of, it kind of answers that question of whether they could live in this world. And you kind of can't because it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty bad.
1: You know, it's funny too, because like talking to like my gay friends now, they'll, they'll tell me like, I used to watch Saved by the Bell because of Zach Morin, because they mm-hmm. were him. He was like, he was it. Like he was just like, everybody wanted to be with him. And they, you know, guys wanted to be like him. And you know, that it, just the, the influence that that character had on so many people. Pete, did you want some?
2: Yeah, no, I, mean, I was just going to say, if, if anybody had any clout, it probably was Mark Paul, Paul Gossler because when they did the new class version, they literally tried to, try, try to just use the same exact... Types of characters for for it, and it took them three tries before they got their their new Zach. So I mean, everybody else just kind of came and went. I mean, most people don't realize that the the new class version lasted for almost a hundred episodes longer than the original show, um, and so they were they were actually. Um, they 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 recycled a lot of kids who went through puberty and and you know probably went to college and everything else at that time but the uh but they went through three different versions of um of the cool kid before they they finally settled on one
4: i mean Um, we're we're missing the big the big picture here and and who's the one who actually had the most clout who was the one that was in everything Belding. Belding. yes (laughs) has anyone checked on dennis haskins lately well, I listen when um He's when funny. uh what was the name of that uh, karaoke place in Burbank oh, that we just recently no. lost? Um, no. uh, he used to go there every weekend. He used to go karaoke every weekend and then hit on women
2: that were way too young for him. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nice. I think we still might be able to get him the host one day. Oh,
1: no. That's yeah. the thing, though. He He's confused. He thinks he has hosted TMI. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, friend, actually, a very good friend of his. <laughs> and our friend, I'm not going to say who it is, our friend keeps telling me, I spoke to Dennis, and he says, oh, I've already hosted their show. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he hasn't. He has not been on TMI. He's like, well, he believes that he did. I'll tell you guys who it is later. <laughs> he's actually that, that's kind
3: of slick, though, to get out of things. Like, no, no, I already did <laughs> it. I already did
1: it. <laughs> and then our friend keeps telling him no you haven't you know but he's like no he goes he thinks he has and I'm like "Mm -hmm." he's hosted
4: three times and come back for the anniversary show all (laughs) in his head it's amazing and the weird thing is that is that the sketches in his head are probably better than half the ones we did. Yeah. <laughs> he said the show was wonderful. <laughs> he recommends
1: it to everyone. What a
4: great show. <laughs> so
1: before we get our guest on today, um, you know, one of the things that Pete and I were talking about uh, earlier is that, you know, wh- why do we always feel like a part of our childhood dies when someone that we grow up watching on TV? you know, passes because today, you know, today I've been reading all these wonderful things about him that people have been posting on social media, but these were some of the people that were making fun of him a year ago, you know what I mean? Like, so now that he's dead, you know, all, you know, this grief and this outpouring of love for him, what do you think it is? I mean, do you feel like it's just, you know, we grow up with these people in our home and they kind of become like part of your family? That's how I feel, you know, and like, I think back on, you know, celebrity deaths that have affected me even more so than people that I've known, or people in my family. Um, John Ritter being one of them, you know, the, the, the day he died, I was completely devastated, you know, but uh, because he played a huge part of my childhood. So what do you guys think about that? Um, Pete, let's start with you. And then I'll go to Elizabeth.
2: You know, it's it's not so much younger people that that have died that I that I've thought, wow, that's this is kind of no, tragic. Any, yeah. No, I mean, for me, but, for me, I, I you know, it, it's weird when when Johnny Carson died. My first mm-hmm. thought was, wow, there's going to be people that are going to grow up. They're going to think that Jay Leno was the host of the Tonight Show. Um, they're going to think that like Jim, that Jimmy Fallon was the host of the Tonight Show. And no, they they oh, really God, no. they, the show might have had that name on it, but. Johnny Carson was the host of the tonight show. Johnny Carson made late night television, you know? And, and so like, I was really sad because I, not because, because he'd been off the show for quite a few years at that point. Same thing with Letterman, Um, you know, when he left, you know, even though he's not dead, um, you know, it's like, People, you know, I think we reach a point where people just assume that lesser is better um, and they don't realize like that, they, that there was somebody that actually was, when we're using the term archetype, there were people that were the archetypes of, of a major industry, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so, yeah, I think like when, when, when he died or when Michael Jackson died, that really, that was probably for me emotionally, that was probably the worst person that I, that I had an attachment to that died. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Elizabeth, what about you?
2: Yeah, I, well, I think part of it is because you watch them in reruns, they sort
3: of seem forever young. And mm-hmm. they'll they'll live on forever on, you know, Frozen in Time in whatever format or, or show or movie that you like them in. So when they actually do uh, either just get old and pass away or pass away too soon, it's a shock to your system. Because as far as you're concerned, they're still... You know, locked in amber, essentially in that time, yeah. like the like the one that rocked me the hardest was Robin Williams, hands down. Oh, yeah. I was at I was at work, I was at work for that, and that whole that whole office, we were everybody was a mess, and yeah, and it's because it seemed like he'd be around forever, right? Like he's gonna, maybe he's doing more drama, but you can always go back to the comedy or vice versa. You know, it's always there. He's always the genie for me. You know. It's, it's a comfort thing because they say uh, people with anxiety like to re-watch things. People are like, why do you watch that same thing? And I totally this, identify with this. It's because it is a comforting thing. You know, what's going to happen.
0: Right. So
3: you can turn to this comfort thing. And so that's the, the hard part, especially if they do pass unexpectedly or, mm-hmm. or what have you younger than they should uh, in theory, like, or like Chadwick Boseman with Black Panther, he's a short catalog on that guy, but impactful. Uh, to the max and you know he's truly locked forever at his kind of young age it's it's fascinating and very sad though. Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I I'm of two minds
4: of it cuz one I I love old Hollywood and things like that but I mean if you love old Hollywood uh the people that you love are going to die. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, um uh, but it's fascinating to go I I sometimes go and don't call this morbid, I find it more like you go visit uh, they're great you know to just mm-hmm. tell them hey you know thanks and stuff like that i i was very very lucky i went to bob hopes when they had the garage sale when they were cleaning out the house mm-hmm. and I, one of the family members because i was telling them about how you know i grew up watching him and stuff like that and all and they were like hey do you want to see the house i was like yeah so i got this neat little tour it was really great i actually got the oh. the, the lounge where all these people would would sit in these red leather chairs and and sit around and 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 talk, and I was just thinking the people that would be there, and that's the kind of thing that's neat. Then there's the people that affect you because, um, you know that like like Phil Hartman for me is a huge one mm-hmm. because Phil Hartman is one of was one of my inspirations, and still you know he doesn't even have a grave to go to. I got to visit Catalina Island one day where his ashes were spread. So I think like when you see now, when like like Dustin was really young, he was only mm-hmm. forty four, um, you know, and then a whole group of people that were watching this, we're watching this in a really weird time for them. They were teenagers. And maybe they were having a tough time in school and whatnot, but every Saturday was this school that they really wanted to be in, you know, was, was where they could understand what the characters in there and the things in there were different than probably how their school was. So I could see how it would affect them, you know. And we want to make fun of them because as they grew up, things changed for some of them but they are still those same characters. They're like they're like people you went to school with, especially if you were in that era. So, I get that.
1: Okay. So, our guests tonight, Sarah Royal and Lauren Kelly, host a podcast called mm-hmm. Enough Wicker in which they rewatch classics, the set, classic sitcom Golden Girls and, according to them, look at it from a scholarly perspective, analyzing cultural-themed storylines and try to figure out why so many people still love the show decades after its finale originally aired. Please welcome Sarah and Lauren. Hi, ladies. How are you?
7: Doing great. How are you guys?
1: We're doing well. Yep. Can you both hear me okay? Absolutely. Well, thank you first of all for coming on. And as I was telling you, I am a huge Golden Girls fan. Can you tell? You too, I love
8: it. We all brought our stuff. <laughs> there
1: you go. So first and foremost, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and why you guys decided to start it? And also how you guys met too, because I listened to your pilot episode. Today.
7: Ooh, I love it. Lauren, how about I take how we met and then you can talk about the podcast since it was okay.
8: so here. I was um, there for both. <laughs>
7: I'd also just love to point out that I went like full Golden Girls with the palm trees and Lauren's got the whole scholarly <laughs> with the, you know, the maps and everything. So we're really, we're just a perfect match. Um, so I'm Sarah and Lauren and I used to work at a, uh, a very famous museum in New York City. And we were just coworkers in like different departments. And, you know, as coworkers do, you find yourself walking to the bar uh, occasionally after a long shift. I didn't know Lauren that well, but... Somewhere in the group walking to this, you know, ridiculous bar that we went to, this dive in uh, Hell's Kitchen, um, somebody, I I can't remember, you know, the apocryphal, like, starting, but somebody threw out a Golden Girls line. And both of us kind of laughed, and we're like, oh, you're a fan? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm a fan. And both of us are like, can't be as big of a fan as I am. And, you know, throughout the night, it just turned into this, like, trivia off where we're like making our poor coworkers, you know, look up quizzes online and trying to have one of us stump the other. And it just turned into a draw. So from that moment on, we just became each other's pal and confidant. And, uh, you know, we, we just became actual friends too, outside, outside of uh, yeah. the four lovely Miami ladies.
1: Okay.
8: Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. no. So that was, um, some years ago at this point, And, um, I think we had talked about doing like some sort of Golden Girls project a couple of times because, um, as Sarah said, we realized that we were both super fans of the show. And it seemed like too good to waste, you know, like already having this friendship with somebody who's as deeply interested in this very niche thing from 30 years ago. Um, and so when the pandemic hit, it just, you know, like... I was looking for some other way to fill my time besides pretending to work from home. And it just seemed like a really fun idea to start this Golden Girls podcast. And so I I had texted Sarah and we were kind of going back and forth about like, you know, there had been other Golden Girls podcasts um, and really good Golden Girls podcasts too. So we didn't want to just sort of reinvent the wheel about like um, recapping a show. Uh, So I I can't remember how we came up with this idea of um, scholarly you know, taking the scholarly approach. But then we realized that there was so much academia, you know, like within TV and media studies and stuff about the show. And we were like, wow, this is a different angle that hasn't been done before. And that we both would really like to pursue because we're both very, um, we really delve into anything that we like. And so it just seemed like a really natural trajectory for this. And that happened in March of last year. So now here we are.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's one of the things that I enjoyed about your podcast. It's like, you're, you don't just do the recaps. Like there's millions of podcasts out there where they just do like the after show or they do the recaps. But I like the fact that you guys do analyze each you know episode for its cultural relevance. So in your opinion, what is the cultural relevance of the Golden Girls? Ooh,
7: I love that question. That's great. Um, we're still uncovering that, by the way. We're only in the middle of season two, right? So- <laughs> I mean, I you know, I'll take a stab at it too. I think what we what we've basically discovered so far is there's there's a lot of reason for the longevity. Like it seems weird if you just said on paper that a TV show about four old white women you know living in in Miami as roommates. St- which also like drops crazy references that are incredibly obscure these days. Right. You know, somebody mm-hmm. watching it was born in the year 2000 is like, you know, who the hell is morally safer, right? Like why, you know, why <laughs> is this a relevant thing? And, um, but it, it has that longevity because it is a lot of different themes put in one and it can appeal to a lot of different audiences. It has that beautiful balance of comedy End talking about really serious life issues and tackling them head on without actually being preachy. Like it never was a quote unquote very special episode when they covered things like homelessness or HIV AIDS or chronic fatigue syndrome and just women being pushed out of the medical field and not taking seriously, or, you know, problems in nursing homes, or even just friendship and roommate strife. And I think another part of that is the chosen family element. This was a sort of second chance. For all of these women, three of whom were widow uh, widows and one of whom was a divorcee, who was just like your life stopped abruptly. Like there was a plan, and then it was cut off, and you found your you know they found themselves in the middle of their lives, having to completely start over and built something completely new with friends. So I think that idea of a chosen family and also just starting over and that there's a promise to the end of something when something did not turn out the way you expected is hugely relevant. Um, and it's also just it's really fucking funny. It's a really, <laughs> yeah. really good show. And almost all of the jokes really have relevance today. You don't have to be an old lady. Uh, you don't have to get Miami. You don't have to know who Morley Safer is to really understand, uh, you know, where the show's coming from. And that, that's just a taste of it, really. I don't know if you want to add to that, Lauren.
8: I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, a very um, astute assessment. I think the other thing about the Golden Girls that's unique is that it was it's always been in syndication. So now like it's on Hulu so we can stream it that way. But also it was never not on a channel when I was in junior high high school college anytime like I would search for it and I'd be like I'd try lifetime if it wasn't there I would go to logo or then I would go to hallmark you know like it was always on and so I feel like that enabled the show to reach people in a different first of all it enabled it to reach many more people but also in a different way because you always um you could always find it and you probably had seen that episode before even if you weren't alive at all while it was airing and so I think that that um lends itself, the longevity of it, of its run lends itself to all of those things that Sarah was talking about. And, um, it just, it is a really good show. I, I do think it, it holds up in a way that, um, a lot of other media, it doesn't. And, um, yeah, people, I still, I feel like people are still discovering it, which I don't know how much,
1: you know, how often you can say that about something that premiered in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like I see younger people wearing, like, Golden Girl shirts, and, you know, you know, Betty White, you know, is their idol, and, um, you know, you mentioned some of the themes that they did, you know, discuss on the show, and it's really funny, because like, watching it as a kid, a lot of, like, the sexual jokes would just obviously, like, go right over my head, but now, you know, watching it as as an adult, you know, like, some of the themes that you mentioned, you know, they talked about anti-Semitism, I mean, they talked about, there's so many issues, and that they tackled back then and I to me it was so ahead of its time and mm-hmm. I think that's part of you know like you, you're both saying the appeal to this day I have a couple more questions for you guys then I'm going to open it up to the panel and then we have a fun game that we want to play with you guys too <laughs> so um favorite character do you have one favorite character or do you can you just not pick one of, and not just necessarily from the women like from the entire show yeah. you know do you have a favorite character and a least favorite character, or maybe like a character that you think didn't belong, or that they it was like irre- like they were just irrelevant in the storyline?
8: Coco, <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Coco, but he's the he's the gay cook in the first episode of the series, and he was just um, you know they they decided that they just didn't need him because he was really filling the same sort of comedic role as Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like him. I feel like I. I admire Dorothy the most, probably. Um, I think I identify with Sophia, but I I do. I love them all so much. Um, So I would say that my answer would be that I can't actually pick one. But for least favorite person ever on the show, I think it's probably the anti-Semite Barbara Thorndike, who you were talking about, who belongs to this country club where they don't let Jewish people in. And she's just so pretentious and um you know so mean to anybody who's not on her level intellectually and um I, I feel like that episode the Barbara Thorndike episode is particularly relevant now because there's all of these like misguided calls to tolerate intolerance all over the place you know and I, I still feel like that that episode is so good and Bar- Barbara's just like the perfect villain so um I would say that's my least favorite character.
7: Okay I'd, I'd also have to go with you know like the the answer of they're all my favorite but Dorothy especially just because she is the she's the grounding character and again you know we talk about this on the podcast we talk about this with the scholarship around the show is that you know it is an ensemble in a way and a lot of people even if you're just like a a casual fan you know that Blanche is the slutty one and Rose is the dumb one and Sophia is the cantankerous one and Dorothy's the level-headed one right but she's sort of like the straight man of like the joking you know trio uh, uh you know quartet and uh she but she also is hilarious in her own right so I I really love Dorothy I think B. Arthur plays her perfectly and the role was pretty much written for her um worst character i mean barbara Thor- Thorndike is definitely up there but i would have to say it is blanche's daughter's uh daughter becky's abusive oh, boyfriend jeremy mm-hmm. it sucks and it's like it's really <laughs> i mean talk about something heavy that they covered and that episode is still actually really funny in a lot of ways in a lot of ways it also doesn't hold up but he absolutely is just this example of just he's verbally abusive and he's, he's just a piece of shit. And um, it's really, it's, it's, it's painful to watch that episode in a lot of ways, just because he really sucks a so bit.
8: Yeah. yeah. he He's awful. And Sarah, you bring up a good point too, because we had really touched on this, but some of the golden girl stuff, it, it doesn't hold up. I mean, obviously, right. you know, people, right. people know that. but that episode that you just brought up, yeah, there's a lot of like body shaming, just like, so um sexist and misogynistic and and um just horrible viewpoints that are upheld as like yeah jeremy's awful but also you do need to lose weight right like that's the message in the episode and it, it's just it, it completely misses the mark um so it's not always great to be clear but yeah and, and as like
7: uh one of the scholars actually that we're, we're about to talk to in the future um was uh talking about in, at the end of her book, she studied, like, TV female foursomes. Um, actually, there's that's her book right there. Um, and uh, it's, like, TV fe- female foursomes and their fans. And the end of the book where she basically is, like, look, are they perfect? No. Like, are they, are they, you know, 100% purely feminist and moving in the right direction? No. But it's actually a start. And to your point, Veronica, you said, like, they're it was so ahead of its time in trying to push those boundaries. And the four women who starred on the show were a big part of that. Like, they were really... They had a lot of forward thinking and progressive ideas in their own life, as does Betty White currently, because she's 99 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really, you know, helping sort of push a lot of that through. They didn't get it right all the time, but for the most part, it holds up.
1: Yeah. And, and I just want to add, be Arthur, delivered those sarcastic lines like nobody could ever do. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to open it up to the panel now. Does anybody have any questions? Let's start with Pete.
2: Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank um, you. So, a qu- question. Um, the show, because of the, the kind of show it was, uh, was, was kind of ahead of its time, like you're saying, for, for uh, the late 80s and the early 90s. But do you think it's, it would even be possible for somebody to walk into a pitch meeting today and say, I've got this great idea for a show with four w- elderly women living together? Do you think that anybody would even pick up a show like that right now if, if it hadn't already existed?
7: it's interesting question. because yeah i mean thinking of of the other shows that came after it like hot in cleveland hot is and- often cited right and of course betty white's on that show was on that show is like the new version right but it's one of those things where it's like these women were in their 60s in the golden girls and that was like oh my god they're so old oh my goodness they're over the hill, they're their end of their lives you know and it's like the way that they act on hot in Cleveland is like they're 20 years younger, even though they're basically the same age. And it's just the the way that we're evolving to think about older people and the demographics are different. And I, I don't know, I think it, it wouldn't turn out quite the same way, but you would have to have the star power, right? You'd have to have like, the four women, part of what made the Golden Girls great, too, is that these other women, with the exception of Estelle Getty, because she sort of came from theater late in life, but, like, they all had careers. Like, everybody knew Betty White. You know, all of these other people, like, they made it the, the kind of, like, star-studded show that it was. So I don't know if you could sort of swing it the exact same way. And you'd have to probably make all of them, like, way more like Blanche yeah.
1: <laughs> or more- I'm thinking of Grace and Frankie. I don't know if you guys watch yeah, it. Yeah. I like, love Grace and so Frankie that's so what much. My mind, mm-hmm. oh, totally.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick. Um, uh, do you think that uh, Golden Girls and Maud are in the same universe, and that Dorothy is just Maud in the Witness Relocation Program?
8: <laughs> definitely possible i mean the golden girls will um will show you that the witness relocation program is actually not very well run because right. miles was able to escape as an amish person so um, i mean i'd buy that <laughs> after the abortion she just had to get away so she moved to miami
6: <laughs> chris um so You were talking, I'm sorry, I haven't watched the show. So I apologize in advance to everybody listening and to you guys. I plan to get into it at some point in my life. I know I have to go into it. Uh, But, uh, you know, you were talking about the characters and like how, you know, they they cover certain things and like how certain characters are are a little bit uh, regressive instead of progressive. And you know, it's hard for it's hard for me because I'm, I'm I'm currently watching with my friend Elizabeth here. We're currently watching uh, Sex in the City. He's and never kind seen of a it <laughs> version of uh, you know a foursome of women. But mm-hmm. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you guys, like in that same token, uh, do you think it's a good thing that they do still have characters like this that are still kind of stuck in the old ways and not so much? Uh, forward thinkers as 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 feminists should be because I me personally I think it's good to see those kind of characters because that's kind of the world that we still live in. There are people who are forward thinking and there are still people who, you know, still are taking their time getting there. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing with, you know, if you watch a show that has like, you know, uh black characters, there's always that character that's a little still behind the times as far as like they're thinking of uh homosexuality or like the way people should be treated by race and class and things of that nature. So i just wondering if you guys kind of feel the same way about those characters still being important, even though like we kind of cringe when they speak.
7: I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think they're important to have because I think from even just the bare minimum of a writing standpoint, it's really useful to hear the viewpoints and then hear the other progressive characters refute them. And that's actually what happens a lot on the golden girls. Like something will come up. And again, like I said, Dorothy's often the voice of reason, right? So like, you know, for instance, Rose grew up in a really, really small town up in Minnesota. She hasn't been exposed to many things throughout her life. So she often is quite naively just sort of, you know, saying things and being like, this is how it is. Right. And it's not exactly grounded in reality, nor the most progressive thought. So, I think it's really useful to have that. I think it becomes problematic when then people are fans of that show and they're like super fans of that character because they're so regressive, kind of like the Archie Bunker syndrome where people were yeah, like, yeah. "He's he's great," you know, and you're like, "But he's the joke, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know." Yeah, so I, I feel you that way. Better than him,
6: and some people are like kind of worship him. You're like, no, no,
7: to- totally. You're like, that's. <laughs> I don't know. What do you What do you think, Lauren? Especially with Sex in the City, specifically. Yeah.
8: Yeah, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw is similar to um, Archie in the way that she was idolized, but is awful. Carrie's awful, you know, and I feel like everybody was like, oh, I can't wait to get to New York and be Carrie Bradshaw and like <laughs> talk about boys all the time. And, you know, it it is frustrating. I think that Sex and the City obviously has a lot of merit and was a very progressive show in its own way. So I, I don't mean to dunk on Sex and the City, but um, <laughs> I think... I had never considered that before, honestly, but I think that that's a really great point that it's important to have these uh, terribly sort of like vapid characters on TV because that is the world. And I think that if you're surprised by that when somebody's running for president, it's not great. Like if you had been watching TV, maybe you would have known that like this is who we have in this country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's value in it for sure.
7: And I, I will. I'll be remiss if I didn't just put in a plug that we built a Golden Girls starter kit for people who have never watched the show and who are embarrassed about it. So
1: <laughs> it's for you. you.
3: Huh,
7: there you go. We made I'll it for you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Elizabeth.
3: Yeah. No. It's. Uh, yeah. He's. We're going through Sex and the City, and he's never seen it. So um, I'm trying to get him to root for Miranda. Eventually, <laughs> we
8: all love Miranda. She
3: was almost our governor. So first far, first so far, season, Miranda is not who she was, though. Oh it's my God,
6: crazy. It's terrible. She started it's... out up here for me, and then, like, by episode eight, I was like, Who the fuck
2: is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brush your
8: hair. So. So, um,
3: so, two things. Yeah, I can attest to the fact that it's still on, it's still going strong because, not to be a huge downer, I had to go to the hospital a few times for cancer treatment stuff, like, in a, a year or so ago. And it was super late at night, and I was like, I can't see if they're going to come in here and ask me for shit in, like, the next half hour. And what's on the Hallmark Channel? Thank you for being a friend. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, Golden Girls is on. <laughs> and I saw the one that has George Clooney in it. See? Best. There you go. It was great. <laughs> it's like 2 in the morning. Um, but I have a very simple, straightforward question. What is the title? Enough Wicker, I Don't Get the Reference.
7: Ooh. Very nice, very nice. Enough Wicker is a scene where uh, so if, if you're familiar with the Golden Girls, you can picture, you know, we got a lot of these palm mm-hmm. type of thing going on. They live in, in Miami, uh, you know, Florida. They have a lanai, which of course is a patio and nobody ever knew what a, lot, a lanai was if you didn't live in Florida or Hawaii watching the show. But, uh, you know, Sophia is really pissed at Dorothy and she basically says like, you, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Not where you're living in, under my roof. And, uh <laughs> Blanche is like, Sophia, this is my house. Like, what are you talking about? Like, she starts trying to kick in. She goes, it is? And the camera sort of, you know, the, pans out a little bit. And she's like, well, in that case, I have two words for you. Enough wicker. And it shows that like, all of the furniture in the living room is wicker furniture. So oh, okay. That is, that is the, the deep cut reference. Of- I knew,
3: like, I, I was like, it's clearly related to the show. They didn't just go, let's just call it enough wicker and see what happens. But... <laughs>
1: So before we go on to our game, um, I have one question from our friend Danny online. He wants me to ask both of you, um, if you could have one of the Golden Girls as a roommate, who would it be and why?
7: (laughs) I actually think it would be Rose. And I think it's because I think Rose, she tells her annoying stories, all that stuff, but I get a kick out of people like her. And she's like, there'd be no question, you know, you got you have to have the garage clean. She'll do it. You know, you want to like fix your leaky roof and fix the plumbing and your in your bathroom. She'll do it. If you want some ice cream clown Sundays because you're having a down day, she'll make them for you. So, I mean, you can't really lose with that arrangement. I'll listen to a few St. Olaf stories if that's, if that's the deal. Okay. What
8: about you? you can trick her into doing anything you wanted. Um, I would say Dorothy because I feel like I would just go to her. I would, I would stop knowing how to solve my own problems though. And I would just bring them to Dorothy. I'd be like, oh, my coworker is being annoying. What should I do? Or like, oh, my subway pass isn't working, but I don't want to call the MTA. What should I do? Like, I would just bring all of my problems to her and, um, she would solve them for me. She would kick you out. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Probably. Yeah. Oh, Pete.
2: Yeah, I just have one more quick question before we move on. Um, So when you get to the end of the series, will you be bringing in the Golden Palace uh, episodes as well, or is that not part of it?
7: Fun fun fact about me, I've never seen the Golden Palace, more than 30 seconds, and I never want to.
8: So there's your answer. (laughs) So I'm looking
2: for a (laughs) co-host. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there you anyone go. doesn't know, the Golden Palace was a, a um, was kind of like an offshoot of the show where, because I think, what was it, B. Arthur didn't want to continue doing the show. Um, so they just figured they would buy a hotel and, and the other ladies That's
1: would all be with Cheadle, right? was he in it? Yeah.
2: Is I think she- so,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool and cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't- think it like maybe clips here and there, but I don't think I've ever seen like one full episode either.
7: Isn't the um isn't the same thing actually being floated now for Sex in the City though? Yeah, Samantha. they, Samantha's not going to be on it, uh, and they are apparently going to address
3: COVID. And everyone's like, are they going to have COVID have killed Samantha? Oh. No, they can't do that. They I can't don't do think, that. think they're going to, but it can it's happen. um I I can't reveal because I don't want to spoil what i think might have happened to samantha but they're just like she's just not gonna be a part of it but we were watching when we were watching these episodes and i'm like it's like the comedic heart of the show you can't de- like whatever episode we were watching she was like in the, like her own storyline but it was like the dirtier funnier version of the overarching theme it was hilarious and it was oh, like the monogamy episode. That was the monogamy episode yeah and it was and she was like banging the realtor but had like a lady realtor on the side and was like, yeah, it was funny and you can't do it without her <laughs>
8: i don't know how they're gonna do it yeah.
7: there were there were a lot of memes going around that was just like hey from golden girls fans to sex and the city's pants we we already tried this it doesn't it <laughs> never gonna,
3: well what if they do oh my god what if they do like the open the bradshaw hotel in new york and it's just, they're like wait a minute it's just golden palace holy
7: shit <laughs> A very old, dumb, Cheetle comes
1: on. And Cheech. They could have the full cast. Okay, so in honor of our guest tonight, we thought it would be fun to take BuzzFeed's quiz, Which Golden Girl Are You? Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to do it. I will ask you to write down the answers to the questions from the test, or if you have your phone with you, you can just jot them down. And at the end, you'll read them back and we'll tell you whether you're a Dorothy, Rose, Blanche, or Sophia. So we're all going to play. I haven't taken it myself, so I'm going to be playing along with you guys as well. So are we ready? Pete, you already took it, right?
2: Yes, I did.
1: Okay, and what are you?
2: I'm a rose, apparently. Really? <laughs> That's what they say. I mean, again, this is BuzzFeed, so... I have, I have so many questions about this quiz. The
3: <laughs>
1: I do, too. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the first question. Which of these four places would you like to go on vacation to? France, Finland, Fiji, or Japan?
2: Keep the questions to yourself. Don't uh, okay. your answer to yourself until Just we... Write your answer. answers down. we we'll go to each person after.
1: Okay. Number two. Which of these gifts would you most like to receive? Chocolate, a car, concert tickets, or clothes? Okay. Number three, pick your favorite type of clothing, business attire, dressed up casual, fun and sporty, or winter casual. Okay, number four, I don't know how this is tied to the Golden Girls, but I'm sure it's going to be funny. Pick a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. (laughs) Wolf of Wall Street, Titanic, Inception, or Shutter Island. Number five, pick a color. Blue, green, yellow, or red. Number six, choose your favorite activity hiking, listening to music, writing, or skiing? And the last question, pick your favorite food, hamburger, pizza, sushi, or tomato basil
6: soup? What the fuck, My mind, sorry. <laughs> That last was trash.
5: Sorry.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Chris, keep your answers to yourself, please.
5: First of all, Chris, Chris, uh using my white male privilege for the remainder of February is conditional oh. on enjoying tomato basil soup. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I mean, it's fire with the crackers in it, but like I don't know if it'd be my favorite. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, Pete, how are, are yeah, you now? Why don't we do this? Why don't oh, we have our two guests go first? So, so, ladies, have either one of you ever done this quiz before? No. Okay, so let's start with Sarah. So, what what city would you uh, want to vacation, or what place would you want to vacation?
0: I put Japan, B, or the fourth, you
2: know, the fourth option. Okay. Um, and what gift?
7: A car, because at least I could resell it for something better. Okay. <laughs>
2: How about clothing? I'm a winter casual kind of person myself. Winter casual, okay. Leonardo DiCaprio movie. I went with Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Good twist. Interesting. Color? Green. Green. Um, Which one of the activities?
7: I put writing. I'm a dark. Writing.
2: And finally, food.
7: I go with sushi, going right back around to going to Japan.
2: Okay, well, according to this, uh, apparently I'm, I'm thinking BuzzFeed only has one answer because you also are a Rose Nilean.
7: <laughs> well, I, I figured at least the winter casual was going to push me hard in that direction. I'm not sure about the writing, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know, because my answers were almost completely different than yours, but okay. Um, let's, let's, Did you let's, have
7: tomato basil?
2: Yeah, no, I didn't. But I'm just a little surprised, because again, my answers were nowhere near what you just said. So, Lauren, let's go with you now. So, um, destination.
8: Uh, I said France.
2: France. That's what I went with. Okay, so um, gift. Clothes. Clothes. Okay.
8: Um, Fun and
2: sporty. Fun and sporty. I love this note on my phone. I hope I
8: just find it. I'm like, what the fuck
2: is this? Um, Titanic. Titanic. Color. Blue. Blue. Blue, activity, hiking, hiking, and food. uh, Sushi, sushi. Okay, this is broken because this is saying Rose Island.
1: (laughs) Apparently, everybody (laughs) is Rose Island. Any white people might be behind this. (laughs) I'm just saying. Is
7: it is it the golden girl that you are that's still alive? Is that? (laughs) that that
2: This is, this is what, okay, now this is strange that it keeps doing Are this. you refreshing it enough? Yeah, of course I'm refreshing. I don't know, I'm just asking. It's just like his answers
8: over and yeah. He's like, I don't know why I keep getting
2: Okay, let's let's try somebody else. So, uh, Chris, let's okay. go with you. Oh, by the I don't Golden Chris all all Chris, is. Chris, again, thank you uh, for being with us and, and uh, happy uh, Black History Month again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, uh, where would you like to vacation?
6: Fiji, baby. Warm weather. That's
2: a to me. Okay, gift. Car. Car, okay. Outfit.
6: Uh, I like Winter Casual.
2: Winter Casual. Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Uh,
6: okay, can I answer this and also tell me why? Just for okay. context. Okay. I, I picked Wolf of Wall Street and not because of the activity that he does, but it just lets me know like when to draw the line? Because it's like so far in the red. The entire movie. It's like, how does this man not die?
2: <laughs> okay. So, favorite color, blue. Blue activity,
6: listening to music.
2: Listening to music, and finally, food.
6: Uh, out of the
2: choices, I picked burger. Out of these choices, you put pick burger. Okay. Hey, and you're Don Cheadle. Yes. <laughs> 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 okay, it's, it's not broken because you're a Dorothy.
8: Woo! Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Elizabeth.
3: Okay,
2: destination.
3: All right. Um,
2: uh, France, sorry. France. Gift. Concert tickets. Concert tickets, okay. Outfit. Winter casual. Winter Everybody likes the winter casual. I
3: want to be cozy. We don't have a
2: Caprio movie.
3: Titanic.
2: Titanic. Color. Blue. Blue. Activity. Writing. And food.
3: Uh, I picked pizza.
2: Pizza. Guess what? You're also a Rose Nile. I was like, I
3: totally, I know it. I knew it. I'm from <laughs> Michigan. It's close to Minnesota. Makes sense. Yo. Yes.
2: Destination. Japan. Japan. Okay gift.
4: A car, because you can trade that for a lesser car That's and why outfit? The money. I
2: mean, outfit. That's... Fun and sporty. Fun and sporty. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Inception. Inception. Ooh, different. Uh, color. Blue. Blue. Activity. Writing, which is Writing. also work,
4: but it's also, you know, yeah. activity. And food. Uh, I went with pizza.
3: I think you're going to be Rose.
4: Uh, no,
2: he's a Dorothy.
4: Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> that puts me in the Star Wars Christmas special.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Cameron, destination. Oh, you're muted, bud. You're, you're muted, muted, my man. Yeah. You're muted, bud. Cameron?
5: Uh, sorry, because I got a, a dog who's kind of making noise for attention. France.
2: <laughs> France. Everybody likes France. Gift.
5: Uh, I'll take a car.
2: Okay. Outfit. Business casual. Business casual. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh,
5: like Chris, but because I would use it as a bucket list, Wolf of Wall Street.
2: <laughs> Color. Blue. Blue. Activity.
5: Uh, writing is work.
2: Hiking. Hiking and food. Sushi in France, (laughs) and guess what? You're Dorothy as well. (laughs) Oh, I was going for Doctor Smith, (laughs) and that leaves us with Veronica. So, Veronica, um, your location, your destination. Sorry, Japan. Japan. Okay. Um, Gift. Concert tickets. Concert tickets. Okay. Outfit. Dressed up, casual. Dressed up casual. Leonardo DiCaprio movie.
1: Wolf of Wall Street. It's one of the best movies he ever made.
2: Color. Red. Red. Activity.
1: Listening to music.
2: Listening to music and food. Pizza. Pizza. Well, guess what? You're a Sophia. <laughs>
1: I love I it. I don't
2: know what you did to make you a Sophia, but that's who you are.
1: That's what I wanted to be. I don't care what I did. <laughs> so, well, that was fun. Sure. <laughs> not a, a
4: Blanche among us. I We're was about common. to say, I'm like, I'm like, I think to get Sophia, you have to pick Gangs of New
1: York. <laughs> 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 there you go. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us and um, have your information on our social media. And please come back anytime absolutely thank, thank you so, you so much, much. back on <laughs> take care bye have a Thanks. good night bye, guys. Too. so that is our show for tonight thank you so much for joining us and we'll be back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m with the host of the podcast my neighbors are dead we're going to be talking to them about horror films so make sure you tune in we'll see you again tomorrow night bye everyone stay safe and good night thank you